Hello, and welcome to Where Am I To Go podcast. Today, before we start the show, I would like to bring up some business things that have kind of been on my mind so that you can know where to get more Where Am I To Go. First off, I'd like to talk about the Facebook page at Where Am I To Go podcast. It's on Facebook, and we've been posting some wonderful pictures of some of the places that we've been and some of the adventures that we've had. Not everything that we go and do is made into a podcast, and so we take pictures at different places and post those pictures so that you guys can enjoy some of the different places we've been. Also, I really am interested in listener feedback. I have an email address at where am I to go podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is where am I to go podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear some of the listeners' comments and some of their ideas of places that might be interesting to visit and go and do. Today I was traveling across Georgia, and on my way across Georgia, we saw a sign that said Ty Cobb Museum. It's in Royston, Georgia, and me not being a big baseball fan or even a sports fan, I recognized the name Ty Cobb immediately and, and knew that I should stop in here and just see if I could learn a little bit about Ty Cobb and what all he did in his life and, and some of his accomplishments. So we pulled on in here and we met up with... Jeff McCall. Jeff McCall. And we pulled into the museum. He opened it up. It was, he actually was closing. He opened it up for us to talk to us about this. And so he's going to take us on our tour through this museum. And I'm excited to be able to see this. Okay. Uh, this is the Ty Cobb Museum. It's located in Royston on Ty Cobb's family property. Uh, it was started by the grandchildren 22 years ago after Cobb the movie came out uh, with starring Tommy Lee Jones as Ty Cobb. Uh, that was not an accurate betrayal of Cobb. They were invited to Atlanta to the premiere and that's when they decided to build a museum. They portrayed Ty uh, inaccurately, falsely, and so thusly the museum was created. They still help us to this very day. Uh, his family uh, lives in different states, uh, Florida, North Carolina, California, and New York. Uh, but they help us with the museum and it's un uh, it was built to undo some of the myths about Ty Cobb. Uh, as your host said, he's not really a baseball fan, but I know many of uh, the people listening are. And uh, Ty Cobb is a legend, but he has probably the most myths tied to his name and reputation more than any other player in the world. And why is that? Because of uh, the famous myth about sharpening his spikes in the dugout before uh, so that players would fear him at second and he could slide <laughs> in and hurt them, which is a myth. Ty did not do that. But this is portrayed in the movie as uh, Tommy Lee Jones, play an Academy Award-winning actor, portrayed Ty in Cobb, the movie. Uh, and when you have an Academy Award-winning actor 
sometimes people think that that's Ty's life that they're seeing on the screen. It was a screenplay. It did not portray Ty accurately at all. That's why the museum is here. The grandchildren determined to defend his name. And, and that's only one movie. Field of Dreams is the most famous movie with Kevin Costner. And that's the one that's the one that I think probably that I've seen that yes. uh, that talked a lot about him, I guess. Right. Well, it did he wasn't in the movie. There was no character because when Shoeless Joe Jackson walks out of the cornfield, Kevin Costner's uh, character asks, Where's Ty Cobb? and he starts cursing. We hated him when real life. Why would we want him here in our uh, cornfield? He is not we didn't welcome him which that is also not true. Him and Shoeless Joe were friends. Shoeless Joe lived in Greenville, only about an hour's drive from here, and him and Ty were friends. But that is one of the most famous lines in any of movies, where is Ty Cobb? And he starts cursing. So these, these portrayals of Ty in movies, uh, even the Ken Burns documentary, which Ken Burns is supposedly the number one documentarian in, in the United States uh, because his goes straight to PBS. And they, uh, uh, he did the Civil War, he did uh, World War II, he did uh, uh, country music, and he did baseball. Again, he, the research was inaccurate. If there was any research done, they, they uh, went uh, again by the myths about Ty. So that's why the museum is here but they portrayed him in a bad light as well. So Ty Cobb is a mythical figure and that he was, the, most people say, the greatest baseball player to ever play. And when anyone accomplishes uh, to a degree that he did, that's like saying Elvis Presley was, uh, you know, he was the uh, premier entertainer in the history of the world. But when you uh, acclaim, uh, accomplish such things, there's a lot of jealousy that comes in. Oh, yeah. And I would say jealousy uh, is one of the reasons that they portray Ty in all the movies as the bad guy. They always portray Babe Ruth as the good guy and Ty Cobb as the bad guy. And were they playing at the same period of time? Ty, uh, Babe Ruth started right after, at the end of Ty's career, and then Babe Ruth was after. Most, okay. most of it was after, yes. Okay, and what years did Ty play baseball? In 1905, all the way through the early 20s, he okay. played for 20-something years. Detroit for 20 years. Uh, everyone knows Ty as a Detroit Tiger. Okay. Yeah. So he grew up right here in, in yes, sir. Royston. He learned to play baseball here with the Royston Reds, which uh, here's a photo of it. Okay. And uh, Was that it, like a little league yeah, group? Yeah, except older guys. They were 17, 18 years oh, old. Oh, okay. And so they, but that's how he learned to play. We would play other towns like Hartwell, uh, the surrounding towns, uh, uh, Tacoa. But they would play, but that's how Ty learned to play. And he played with older guys. Uh, he started when he was very young, 13, 14. Uh, by the time he was 18, he was ready to go to the next level and, and eventually went to Detroit. Okay. And I, when I bring people through the museum, uh, the one of the first things I do is show them these two portraits of his mom and his dad. Uh, tragically, his dad was killed by his mom uh, right when Ty's career started. This is something that a lot of people do not know about. 
but it was a tragedy that set Ty's life in order, you know, in the, in the way that it went. Uh, Herschel was his dad. He was not supposed to be home until the next day. And I tell this story because this is the same story she told the sheriff and the district attorney in the county here. But the district attorney did not believe her and charged her with murder. Oh. Uh, because he said that she did it on purpose. She told them that he was not supposed to be home till the next day. When a person was coming into her house, knowing that her husband was not supposed to be there till the next day, everyone had guns in 1905. Right. Rifles, shotguns, and pistols. She grabbed the pistol, and she shot and killed her husband on the spot. Oh, and man. this is something that was a tragedy for Ty uh, because he loved his dad. And his dad loved him. Uh, the The trial played itself out. The district attorney, uh, you know, obviously had to create a motive, so he did. He accused her of having an affair and different things and, and thought she did it on purpose. She continually told him that she didn't. So, but the jury, the people of Franklin County, found her not guilty, and she just lived her life out here uh, in the community and was uh, acquitted. And they did not believe the theory that he had. Okay. Now, when we first walk into this uh, museum, we're greeted by rows of baseball bats. Yes. I'm assuming those are all ties. Yeah, these are the model that Ty used. Louisville Slover okay. does them. And this section, we have highlights of his career. And this <laughs> is a good point to share about Ty's uh, records. Uh, on the bats, we have highlights. And there are a lot of bats here. Uh, for instance, Ty went six for six with three home runs on May 5th. And we have a bat with that written on it. Okay. And people can sponsor the bats. They can put their family's, their dad's name or something on the bat and sponsor a bat. And that's one way we raise money for the museum. Uh, but Ty had a 367 lifetime average. Will not, cannot ever be broken. Okay. Uh, that's I, your I, lifetime I, average. Uh, if a player hits 300, they're probably on the all-star team. Okay. Ty hit 367 every year. On wow. Average. Every year. Yeah. That was his lifetime average. Uh, you know, that's just math. That's what he hit. He hit 400 three times. The last player to hit 400 was Ty, uh, Ted Williams uh, hit 400. And that was a long time ago. Ty did it three times. Wow. So Ty, his records, you know, stand for themselves, and he holds the most records. Uh, when he retired, he held every almost every offensive record in baseball. That's why all kids know who Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb are. Okay, <laughs> or and, most kids, not okay. every kid. And then as we as we look to the right, we see the two portraits that you were yes. talking about, and then we see a display here with uh, Ty Cobb's and and the picture of him with the Royston Red Royston Red yes. baseball team. And then there's there's some stuff that talks about his childhood. Yes, here. yes, he was born. Uh, in Banks County, then he come over here to Royston, and he grew up here, went to school here. His dad, as I mentioned, they were very close. His dad wanted him to go to either law school or medical school. Uh, he was an educator uh, and also a state senator in Georgia. Uh, so the myth about Ty being a Georgia country bumpkin was incorrect as well. He was very he was from an educated <coughs> family and a very intelligent family. Uh, Ty also became a businessman. He made millions of dollars when he invested in Coke. 
Coke oh, really? Was, yes. Coke was a fledgling small uh, soft drink company in Atlanta. But one of the people talked Ty into investing in Coke. And, of course, Coke stock went from zero to 60 real fast. Oh, yeah. So he made literally millions of dollars in that venture, as well huh. as they invested in General Motors because he played in Detroit. So he invested into the uh, best business ventures you could have ever invested in. So he did make a lot of money in that. And did they use him as a spokesman? Yes. They did. So, okay. So that really helped their yeah. product tremendously. Well, yeah, because he was the most popular player in America. Right, right. Yes. Okay. We do so. have a display here with his personal items, his glove. If a person ever comes to the museum, they can see his personal items. Uh, as I was telling uh, your host here, uh, last week a bat, a uh, game-used bat uh, that Ty had went to auction, and it sold for $1,100,000. Uh, for a bat? Just one bat. Yeah. A, piece of, a piece of wood that's yes. carved yes. and held by the man himself. Yes. <laughs> he used it his That's unbelievable. Yes. So his, all baseball players uh, such as uh, Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth, all of their all of their items are valuable, some to a degree that's like you just said is unreal, a million dollars. Some of the baseball cards, Hannes Wagner card has sold for two million dollars for so, a card. Yeah, just a card. So, you know, I'm really I'm really letting myself be known here because yeah. I'm I'm not big into this yes. sports stuff, but a two million dollar card. Yes, that's right. And you've got baseball. one on display. We have one right here. We do have ties from that series. The Hannes Wagner is the most valuable usually at auction, but ties are very valuable as well. And it was from this set. We do have... Now, what year is, is this? Uh, early 1900s. I was going to say, because this baseball card is, is not like the baseball cards that, you, yeah, that you're used to seeing that are like uh, yes. two and a half by three and a half or uh, something like right. that inches. Yeah. These ones here are an Tobacco inch card. by... They're inch called, by, collectors know them as tobacco cards. Okay. Yes. And and did they come in tobacco yes. packages? Well, they would advertise the tobacco. Okay. That's one reason the Hannes Wagner is so valuable. Uh, but and so any, how did kids get these? I mean, these ones here are in bubblegum packs. Yes. But those well, ones there, the kids had to be kids, smoking? Kids would, no, but, <laughs> no, but they would collect them. You know, when right. the cards would be separated, the kids wanted the cards. And also in the 50s, baseball cards really jumped off when Mickey Mantle, when the Yankees were popular. Okay. And Mickey Mantle is, was one of the most popular players to ever play. Ty is still popular. Ty is still famous. As I've mentioned, we have families come here every day from all over the world. Japan, uh, all over the United States, every state. Uh, Hawaii, last week we had one from... They come from everywhere because Ty... Uh, People want to know about somebody that uh, when you become the greatest of all time in anything, people want to know how did he do that? Right. You know, that, that's the thing. How do you become the best at what you do? And Ty, uh, and he also mentioned it in a lot of books and documents, is that he practiced. People want to skip that part and think that he was just the most natural athlete, and he was athletic. Right. But they skipped the work part. The practicing every day. But Ty talks about, I had to practice. I learned how to be what I am today when he was playing. When they would, I learned how to do this. It is a learned art. It just doesn't 
happen. I think that's kind of the case with just about anything you do in life. You know, you yes, may sir. have a little bit of natural talent at welding or a little bit of natural talent at remembering how an engine goes back together or, or flying or just about anything you do, but it's, it's the repetitive yes. over and over and over and learning exactly. from your mistakes yes. and improving on, you know, I guess if you hit a baseball once and it felt just right, you're constantly looking for that repeat yes. and, and you finding it. that again and again is where right. it would come in. Well, that's, that's like part of life. You know, you, you can master other things. Like I mentioned, uh, Elvis being the greatest entertainer. I mean, he, he rehearsed right now. His voice was unique and that's God given just like, uh, Ty Cobb's, uh, competitiveness was God given. But hitting a baseball is practice. Right, exactly. That's, that's the difference to me. And in this display, you've got a couple of bats. You've got a uniform, yes. the glove, the cleats. Now, those don't look like super sharpened cleats. No, so, they're not. Uh, well, that's one of the great myths about ties that he sharpened his cleats, which we have a pair. And we have his glove. We have baseballs that's tie signed. Uh, but the myth is one of the things that I do as I walk people through the museum especially that Ty was a dirty player. We have people come to the museum and the first thing they say, boy, he was a dirty player, wasn't he? He was the meanest. Well, no. Playing hard, and I'm a coach. I coached most of my life, and I'm a pro, I work in pro baseball now as a scout. Uh, but playing hard and playing dirty are two different things. That's the first thing I tell the people uh, because it is two different things. Ty was not a dirty player. He played the game hard. Also, in the early 1900s, because this is a history lesson as well, my graduate degree, my master's is in history. Okay. So history plays a part in it. Uh, and it helps me to, to help people to see. Number one, in the early 1900s, if you didn't play hard, they will, you might as well get a bus ticket and go back to Royston because you, they would release you. Everyone played hard. Now, when you're the greatest, again, I go back to that, because when you're the greatest, you have envy, you have jealousy. Oh, yeah. That's why I believe the dirty player, that's where that comes in. It, it wasn't that he played dirty, it was that he played hard. Now, he may have hurt, and he did play harder than some of the other players, uh, but that's why he was the greatest player ever. Right. And we also have his watch here. We have oh, a lot wow. of very, this was from the Hall of Fame ceremony. Uh, Ty was in the first Hall of Fame. Ty was in the greatest Hall of Fame. Every year, the Hall of Fame elects players, uh, one, sometimes two, sometimes three. Ty was in the greatest with Babe Ruth, Hannes Wagner, Walter Johnson, and Christy Matheson. That was the number one class ever in baseball, in my opinion. That's an opinion. But Ty also received the most votes. Huh. So when people debate, well, was Babe Ruth the greatest? Was Ty the greatest? The people who saw Ty play, they're the ones that voted. They voted Ty Cobb. So when you saw him play, we only have records and, and myths. But with the people that saw him play all voted Ty Cobb. Wow. He, he received the most votes. Well, the people's votes are the ones that count. Especially when you <laughs> saw him play. Right, right. So when, uh, that, that's not debatable. When a person saw him, like, well, he just dominated that game. Well, that's how you vote, you know. And here you've got a very nice display with, with several uh, uh, silhouettes, I guess, yes. of, of Ty Cobb. 
One of them he's hitting, one of them he's running and yeah. stealing base, another yeah. one he's sliding into base, another one he's bunting, another one looks like he just threw the ball to someplace. I don't know what I don't know what position he played. So Center I, field. Okay. So he's throwing it to second, we'll yeah. say. Yeah. Uh and, and several other actual pictures of uh Yes. Yeah, this display really shows his era, which is again is part of history. And the ball the play was different. Uh, people who are uh, baseball historians will know this. The average person will not. But he played during the dead ball era. That's what they call it, the historians, because the ball was softer. It wasn't wound tight as it is today. Today, a baseball jumps off a player's bat. Okay. That's why there's more home runs. And it's wound t- tighter. Uh, a good example would be a golf ball. The right. You hit them hundreds of yards because it's hard. It's mm-hmm. tighter. And, and ties, it was softer, and it was also, they didn't throw the baseballs out. They used the baseballs. Now, if a ball hits the ground one time, they throw it out. Uh, but his, the ball would be brown, which is harder to see. Today, it's white with red laces. You can see the, the ball. Right. He, he accomplished his accomplishments. If he hit this, if he got to play with the baseball they use today, his stats would be even higher than what they were, obviously because the uh, two-hopper to the shortstop would be today a one-hopper right by the shortstop because the ball really jumps off the bats. And most people that know baseball understand that. But anyone could understand a softball or right. a hardball. Right, which I guess makes Babe Ruth's and, and everybody else's records so much more impressive because the ball when they were hitting the ball, it just... They did tighten it up a little bit during Babe Ruth's era, uh, time. Okay. Now, right before Ruth started, the ball was even softer. That, and then after that time, now as it progressed, they've even tightened it more. Wow. So that baseball people will know what I'm saying. But, okay. So. Well, I'm glad you explained that to yeah. me. I mean, it, it just makes the records that much more impressive. Yes, exactly. Know? Because if he hit this ball, it would, he would obviously have more home runs. Okay, and, and we're looking at a little glass display here, and you've got one of uh, Ty Cobb's diabetic information card? Yeah, yes, sir. That was his that he carried with him. Now, was he diabetic the yes, whole time sir. he was doing this? Uh, I'm, now, that I don't know the answer to and Or was this just something that uh, he acquired later in life? Yeah, it diabetes? was later. Uh, I don't think he dealt with it his whole life. And there are questions sometimes that I can't even answer. I can answer most questions because... The, because being around the family and with the family. But I uh, I don't know the history of every item in our museum. Sometimes you have to ask uh, the manager, my okay. wife, the manager, she, because she has read and studied a lot about Ty to be able to answer these. Uh, some things we just don't know. Right. You know, don't oh, know yeah. every answer. But Ty also, the other myth about Ty is that he was not liked. This trophy was given to Ty by the fans just because – of their appreciation. They love Ty. Uh, again, it goes back to his competitors didn't love him because he was always beating them and right. stealing bases and hitting uh, game-winning RBIs. I mean, you have jealousy, but the fans love Ty. Cool. Yeah, that's well, why he, he got that trophy. Well, let's take a quick break here for a sponsor, and we'll yes, be sir. right back. Yes, sir. Okay, we're back. <coughs> So we move on to this next case, and it's a, it's a flat case, all, all enclosed in glass. 
And it looks like you've got several uh, like comic books. Yes. And a uniform. Yeah, that's what he played his last year in Philadelphia. Okay. And so you've got a gray uniform with an elephant on it. What were they? The Philadelphia A's. Oh, what did the elephant stand for? Well, that was just a mascot. Okay. (laughs) I'm really showing my ignorance here, aren't I? (laughs) Yeah, because most people, uh, you know, the elephant is now with Oakland A's. Okay, okay. See, and then and, and, and I could do the same thing for golf. I could do the same thing for ba- uh, football, mm-hmm. for basketball, for any of them. So well, don't feel like I'm right. just ignorant in this field. Well, everyone doesn't have to be a uh, sports fan to appreciate any accomplishment of a great person, like uh, even Amelia Earnhardt. I'm not a pilot, but I can appreciate talent right uh, right not everyone likes music but you can appreciate a great musician right exactly so it's you can any person could gain something from coming through the museum well and what i'm really liking is just seeing some of these old uh base, baseball memorabilia things or, or things that he had because yeah like you were saying uh you know to see a bat that was used in 1920. It doesn't yeah. look like the bats nowadays, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or or the gloves. I mean, that glove that he's using yeah. does it doesn't have the big webbed no. inside. It's just a big padded glove. It's, exactly. It's yeah. got to be twice as hard to catch a, a baseball. Right. Well, that's that. why you have in his time you used two hands. You trap. That was just to trap the ball. Now it goes into the a web. webbing. Now, did they have gloves on? I, I saw over here. There's a picture of a of a catcher. And he's got two uh, uh, two gloves on, two catching gloves. It looks like. I oh, know that's just the one glove. What's yeah. on his other hand that's so big? Well, it, it's really nothing. It, it that's just the uh, kind of the appearance on the photograph. The way, really? Yeah, he just has okay. Two, it he, looks like he's got two yeah, gloves it does there. Look like it, yes. Okay, so yeah. so they still only wore yeah, the one only, glove. Yes, sir. But then they had to catch with their other hand. Yeah, you had to use two hands, especially the outfield, because it would bounce right out of your glove. That's why I used to. And and coaches used to say always use two hands. Right. But the pockets are so big today, it drops in that pocket and it's trapped. Right. So it's a little different game. So even so yeah. even when you're when you were getting the outs, it was a whole lot different, yes, exactly. different deal. Yeah. Wow. Well, sometimes when you don't know something you notice little details that kids even don't notice today. Because you're thinking you're thinking it takes two hands to do something. <laughs> you can learn something. Uh and sometimes we think we know more than we do. <laughs> this is a silver slugger, very unique item. Every player that wins, the Louisville Slugger sends them a silver slugger. If you're the batting champion, that's the highest average for that year. Ty won 12 out of 13. He completely dominated his era wow. in hitting. And well, that's another record that no one will ever break. And so this, this is actual silver? That's a silver slugger. Well, no, I'm, I'm just but it's curious. Just silver and, and right. metallic, the, yeah. the appearance. But they do still give them every year. This year, whoever's the best batter will get a silver slugger from Louisville. But that's probably something you won't see in hardly any other museums, I'm no, assuming. No, especially. It's kind of like a gold record. You don't just yes, see them hanging on people's walls right. when you're walking through the no, living room. Like Elvis, when he had a gold record, it's in his house. Right. I mean, that's in his den, and that's a silver slugger that Ty won in uh, 1911. Wow. And as you can see, this picture helps to undo the myth about Ty not being liked. This is Cadillac Hotel, the nicest hotel in Detroit. And this was after the 20th year they had a a dinner for him 
And as you can see, the room is packed. Packed. And Ty's in the middle at the table. Uh, but he was not despised. He was admired. President Harding was a friend of Ty's. Uh, Bobby Jones, who started the Masters, it's next week. It's the most prestigious golf match in the world. Uh, Bobby Jones started it. Ty was friends with him. There's a photo of Ty and Bobby Jones right there. Okay. That, that proved that, you know. Uh, Ty liked to play golf. I was going to say, was he a golfer also? Yes, those are his golf clubs. And uh, Pete Rose sent us a baseball signed by Pete. It says Royston, home of the greatest, Ty Cobb. Wow. So Pete acknowledged uh, Ty's greatness. Nice. And he also did put his hits on there, though, to remind us that Pete is one and Ty is number two in all-time hits. <laughs> so, wow. But, it, it, you know, baseball fans, when they come here, uh, it's a well-done museum. The family is... Oh, this is very, very nice. The yeah. displays are, are very accessible, easy to see. Yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, you can see all the different things that... Well, you're seeing hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, memorabilia. This is not... There's right. nothing inexpensive in here. No, I... Well, yeah, if you're selling baseball bats and cards for millions of yes. dollars, it, it some of these little comic books and... And the silver bat and yeah. some of that stuff's got to be so, and, just priceless. And the memorabilia uh, in the field of baseball memorabilia, it's a multi-million dollar fraud business as well. People sign Ty's name. So nothing in here we don't have to wonder about because Ty's family gave it to us. But they do have uh, people that authenticate autographs because there are frauds that, that do that. Right. And so we... We don't have to worry about it here. And so you're seeing some things that are just, I had a, a person last week that was a memorabilia dealer and I was showing some things and I said, I don't know what it would be worth at auction. He said, priceless. Priceless. Because there's no money could even buy it. Right. And this piece right here fits into that category. This is Ty's award, which would, we would love to have a photograph of it. Uh, that's and we'll have a po we'll have the uh, photograph yes. pasted on our on our Facebook page, yes, which is where am I to go podcast? Right, and this is his nineteen oh seven batting championship. That's okay. The award for that, and that's a cool looking award. It's it's a exactly. big uh, medallion, or yes, uh, it's it's impressive. It says nineteen oh seven right in the middle, and well, if you notice, there's a huge diamond in the bottom. <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah. Any that lady would be happy to have that on their finger, wouldn't yes. they? Yes. Well, and it's, I, I'm not a, a, a jewelry expert, but I do know I usually stand to the side, and I do know that diamonds are graded by clarity. I can see through this diamond. It's a very, very high-end diamond. Wow. But that's not the real reason. It, it's valued at like a quarter of a million dollars. It's over 200000 We lock it up at night. That's the only piece we lock up. Uh, the other things we leave in here and lock the door, but that one we put in a safe. So you take it out of this display yes, every, every night. Wow. Because it's like a $250,000 value range. Oh, that is beautiful. The picture turned out really that good. Myself. When, when, we, when we post this, you guys will all have to go to the Facebook page oh, yes. and take a look. Everyone should look at that. That was one of Ty's favorites. We have photos of him, him wearing it. Now, the one on the bottom, this is a Ty class. But it has a ruby and three diamonds. Oh. So it's a very valuable piece as well. The owner of the Yankees, Dan Topping, gave that to Ty in 1958 just as a gift. 
again, his admiration for the greatness of Ty, his abilities, his desire. Uh, so the myth about Ty, no one liking the helm, is we're easily undone, can undo those. Right, and this and this tie pin that he's talking about, it's it's more of a of a clamp, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it's in the shape of a baseball yes. diamond, yeah. with the ruby being home base, yes. and the other three for second and third. Yeah. She might want that one as well. Yeah, <laughs> that it, one it's it's unique. pretty cool looking tie clasp. Oh yes. Huh. Well, this one is what the everyone, even if they don't know about Ty, everyone knows about Babe Ruth. This trophy right here is a beautiful trophy, but uh, Babe Ruth challenged Ty to a golf match, and obviously Ty won because we have it. And it's not in Babe Ruth's <laughs> not in the Babe Ruth museum. museum in Baltimore. Is where Babe Ruth. So I'm proud of that one to have it here in, in Royston. Yeah, and this is a 1941. The game yeah. must have been in 1941. Yes, that they and played. Betty Davis is inscribed. She Betty Davis is an Academy Award winning actress. Right. She presented it to Ty, so she was at the match, and they made a little uh, video. They used to show these before the feature film. They would have little clips. So Babe Ruth and Ty's little clip about, uh, and Betty Davis giving it to Ty. So that is a famous trophy. Wow. So we have some very, very unique things. And anyone wants to come to the museum, you know, uh, they can. Uh, we've never had anyone leave disappointed. No, this is this is really impressive. Yes. It's not a monster sized museum, but you've got a lot of stuff lot in of, here and a lot of very nicely displayed stuff. Now, you've got a bronze shoe. Yes, this was Ty's cleat that they uh, they used to do baby shoes. I'm older and. Back in my day, they used to, the parents would bronze the baby shoe to keep it forever as a momentum. This is one of Ty's cleats. All of his equipment or anything that Ty owned is valuable. Right. It's because of memorabilia, not that he was a, you know, a saint, but he was, uh, he was a, a, a Christian man, a good man. And we try to undo these things about Ty being the sorriest person that ever worked, walked the earth because he is betrayed like that in the movies. But Ty, they did bronze his shoe, and this is Ty holding the shoe, if anyone doubted us. But oh, wow. So uh, it's a bronze cleat, and it would be very valuable at auction as well. If It'll never be sold, but if it was. And what, what era is this, about 1950? Yeah, the late 50s. Of Ty? Yeah, late, late 50s. 50s. And that's Ty holding the shoe. Okay. Uh, and and uh, one of the grandchildren, I believe it was a grandchild, just talked to Leah about the shoe, and she was saying when she was a little girl, because they call us for shirts, we send them send them <clears> things sometimes that they give out as gifts. But the the young girl took that shoe to uh, show and tell, and when she was a kid, not knowing that Ty was his great, that was just her grandfather, but she, just her grandpa. <laughs> so to her, it was grandpa. But they didn't. That's Ty's cleat. You know that was wow. Uh, they were impressed. I'll bet they were. Yeah. And then... Uh, now, this shotgun is probably one of the most valuable things we have besides the 1907 batting championship. But it's a double-barrel shotgun, and this would be another great one, uh, one for you to photograph. It's one of the most beautiful guns I've ever seen. It's sil the silversmith work is unbelievable. The, even the stock is beautiful. Uh, but that was Ty's favorite shotgun. It's a double barrel. And if you put it in a Sotheby's auction, just like that bat went, this was even more personal. Ty had hundreds of bats. 
but he had one favorite shotgun. Right. And that's it. So I, I don't know what it would go at auction, but it would be off the charts. And it's a double barrel shotgun, yes. and like you said, there's some really nice yeah. uh, silver scribing on yes. it. Yes, it's, it's and a it's a 16 gauge. It yes, says, sir. which and is not a real popular uh, gauge yeah, anymore. Twelve you know, gauge. The 12 and the 20 are real popular, but uh, the 16 you don't see a lot of. Right, and there's collectors for things such as this gun. Again, I, if you put it in New York at Sotheby's or one of the uh, sports memorabilia. The bids would come from all over the world. It wouldn't just be the United States. Right. So they would be a war bid for that. Uh, that's that's a really neat looking gun. Yes, it is. And another nice piece. And then you've got a little uh, uh, yeah. box here that has all kinds of different toys, I'm assuming. Yeah, bobbleheads are popular. Type. Okay. Yeah. Of, of even the new players. Uh you know, everyone wants a Mike Trout or a, a Cunha plays for Atlanta. These young players, they have bobbleheads. And the stadiums will have bobblehead nights where they'll only give out like 5,000. And that attracts fans because the, they want to get to the stadium first to get a bobblehead. Right. But Ty's bobbleheads we make, uh, we produce them, and we sell them in our gift shop. We have a lot of Ty's books and bobbleheads in the gift shop. So that's just a... It's not a big market, but they do go up, go up in value just like a baseball card will okay. go from worth $5 to worth $500. So were they giving these out in Ty's time, or is this no, more this of is, a modern it's phenomenon? more of a modern Okay. Thing. Yeah. Okay. I don't, and they did have some gifts back in Ty's day, but not, I don't think anything like bobbleheads is something new. <laughs> I, yes. I had no idea yes. there either. Now, the two things I always stop to show people are the hospital display, and these are the bricks from the hospital. It was right across the street. We had no hospital in Royston, so Ty built the hospital, paid for really? it himself. Yes, sir. Wow. And that's the hospital right there. We have a whole display about the hospital right here. Of course, if someone got injured in our community, they had to go a long ways. If it was a serious injury, they might not even survive. Right. But so you needed a hospital. Every community does. And uh, Ty said, I'll build the hospital and paid for it. Wow. So the, uh, the thing about, and this is never put in any of the movies or uh, Bob Costas does not know. It probably doesn't even know. He, he's one of the most prominent sports casters. But they're always portraying Ty in a negative light, which obviously we don't agree with. But uh, when you, even though he was a millionaire, you don't have to build a hospital. That's no. A, that's a choice. And, and he did was, this in 1947, it yes, looks like. Yeah. Wow. And uh, it helped the community, and it made the community safer. And also, even when the children got sick or fevers, they needed to be able to go somewhere and right. not 50 miles from here. So Ty did that. Ty, when he saw needs... Uh, and that's one pattern that he had through his life. When he saw people with needs, he would try to meet the needs. And to me, that is a Christian character that, that I want to have, and I'm a Christian, uh, but some of us don't have. Right. So when they, and that even makes it worse when they accused Ty of being this sorry scoundrel uh, that he wasn't, but they, they like to portray him like that, and he has been so far in every movie. That's Every interesting. Movie. That's interesting that they've done that to yes, him. Yes, I, I, except for the jealousy part, I really can't figure out. 
mm-hmm. you do always need, and Hollywood cares more about the script. Right. You need a good guy, which is Babe Ruth, and you need a bad guy, which is Ty Cobb. Well, and, and the yeah. other thing I think that you find a lot of times, and I'm not going to tell you anymore. I was going to say something profound, but it's not <laughs> profound at all because it just left my head. I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit forgetful here. Well, you're on uh, the road here. Right? <laughs> I, I might remember in a second or two. But, but it was the bad guy and the good guy thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the jealousy is, is one thing, but... Yes. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's uncalled for. And some of the myths <clears throat> when Ty played, it's there's something about just being a myth. I mean, you recognize Ty Cobb, and you're not a sports fan. His name is, everyone knows Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb, Mickey Mantle. Most, baseball is a universal language, striking out. Right. Well, they use that term for everything. If everything. You, if you didn't get the girl you want, I struck out. Baseball is a, a language in itself. Yeah. And, uh, it, and it's permeated the it's, American it's culture American. It is. all the way through. I hit a home run. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. It could mean anything. It could mean anything. <laughs> yes. Depends on, on where you're at and what you're doing at the time. Right, exactly. So, But Ty was a very compassionate. One thing before you leave, I want to show you this. Okay. Uh, this was the second thing he invested his money in, <clears throat> which was the Ty Cobb Education Foundation. Ty, oh, wow. Ty sends kids to school to this very day. Really? Yes, with scholarships. You apply to the Ty Cobb Education Foundation. They choose one. We have a board. We don't get involved in that, but we, we help raise money for it. Uh, the family supports it. Uh, Charlie and David in Florida, they're big supporters. Peggy, uh, they support this. Uh, but it started decades ago. These are a list of the schools that he has sent. As you can see, Yale, Harvard, Vanderbilt, wow. University of North Carolina, Tennessee, Clemson. He sent them all over the country. And he did this but knowing that an education would help a person better themselves in life. So Ty had a lot of forethought about people even that he had never seen, would never know, but he had this... Uh, desire to help people. This you won't see in movies about, oh, the Ty Cobb Scholar. Right. You don't hear that. It it doesn't make a good scene. Uh, But he sent the vice president of the bank here in town, helped her through college. The pharmacist in town helped her through college. And this is a partial list of the kids he has sent to school. A lot of them to medical college. So Ty's dad, one of the things that he wanted to do before he was uh, uh, the accident and he lost his life. One of the things he wanted Ty was to be a doctor or a a lawyer. He wanted him to go to college, but Ty had a drive and his, uh, his heart was to play baseball. So he followed his heart, which was, he was correct. Uh, But no one knew if you would even make it in baseball, let alone become a legend. So his dad knew education would, would help Ty. So Ty never got to have an education, a formal education. But he has sent hundreds of kids to school. So instead, if he had have went to uh, medical school and spent eight years studying, he could have become a physician, probably would have came, maybe might have stayed in Atlanta, but he would have been a doctor and helped several people. Instead, he has created and procreated hundreds of doctors. Oh, yeah. Hundreds of lawyers or I don't know if hundreds of, most of them don't go to law school. But college he, educated they're people. They're college educated. Some have probably been attorneys. 
I know he sent several into the medical field. So he created his his dad's dream did get to come true, and that's why he created the foundation. So instead of one person and him spending his life helping the people of a community, he has just helped many, many communities to have uh, doctors and attorneys and teachers and, and different professions. Uh, that is just so. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the point I was going to make is a lot of these myths probably are just perpetrated upon myth upon myth. Yes, because exactly. once, once you have somebody write it down in a book yeah. and somebody's doing research, they take that research and incorporate exactly, it into exactly. themselves and, and you end up That's making right. the story bigger, better, yes. worse, whatever, as yes. time goes on. And so it may have just been a disgruntled historian yeah. in yeah. the beginning that liked some of the other players yes. more than Ty that put that into his biography. It gets repeated. And there you go with the whole thing blowing up. And Exactly. And, You're right. That's exactly. Well, that was a good point. I'm glad you thought of it. Well, I thought of it over there, yeah. Yeah. but it <laughs> but didn't you, come out till clear over here. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, that is a perfect summation of it. What uh, And also... That's why Ken Burns, a documentary filmmaker, would. But why would you go by this? You're supposedly researching. That's the part that bothers me. I have a graduate degree in history and education, so I know a little bit about research. Research it. Don't right. don't go by the myths. The myths may not be correct. Yeah, and but it, but he could have grabbed onto a book or two that yeah. was that was full of myths yes. to begin with, and, and and built strictly off of that without without having yes. this back knowledge or even talking to right. the family and getting exactly. some of that, he which did, is did. sad. Research is harder to do than just repeat that myth. Right, exactly. Research you have to do a little labor, and that's one thing I wish they would do, uh, including Bob Costas. Because he's repeating, he repeats myths a lot. He repeats stories a lot, but he never gets the facts right about Ty. That's one thing that that we need to have a documentary about Ty that's accurate. And we do have, and this is the last thing that people do, we have a theater. And we'll walk back here and that can be the, uh, wrap it up. But the theater has a movie that we produced. It's a short documentary, about 13 or 14 minutes. But it tells the truth about Ty, and it's a very nice little cozy theater. Yes, very it is. professionally done. And You've got, what, probably 25 seats in here, yeah, 30 and, seats, something like that? And usually families come in, 10 or 12, and they can sit here and watch the documentary, which is, uh, we have guests on there that are interviewed that knew Ty. Okay. It, so it was a, uh, it's accurate. Uh, it talks about how he treated his teammates. When a teammate of Ty's, if they become an alcoholic or, or just gamble their money away, Ty, and, and he didn't advertise this, but Ty would help them till they got back on their feet. And he would probably, with advice as well as, he would he would get them a place to stay. Uh, so that's how you treat a teammate. I've been a coach a long time. Uh, but how you te- treat your teammates is important. Uh, most teammates just abandon you if you if you make a mistake a lot of them do that but ty did not ever do that so this thing about him not caring about people it's pretty easy to undo that one uh, just standing over there at yeah. the hospital display and yeah. the and the foundation display pretty much disproves that yes thank you i appreciate you saying that well i really appreciate your time here today jeff and, yes, and showing us through this museum like i said i'm um, pretty ignorant i'm a little bit wiser now 
Thank uh, you. Thank you. And uh, it's it's quite interesting to see all of this, and and your display is so nice. You you guys were super when I came in here, as far as greeting us, and your door was locked. You opened it right. up and invited us in. Yes, sir. And you said you've got a website that yes, is sir. called uh, TyCobbMuseum dot uh, org, and uh, you can see our hours and how to come to the museum. And I do appreciate you allowing me to share freely about the myths about Ty because. Uh, a lot of people come in, even come in here curious and don't know the, a lot about Ty. Right. They do know he was a great player, and that's all they know. Well, hopefully we can we can get this out and have yeah. people understand that a little bit more. And you guys uh, also have a Facebook page or anything like that? Uh, mainly the website. Mainly the website. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, I sure appreciate your time and showing us this and spending the time with us. And the way I finish these things out is I say the world is full of wonder. People need to get out and explore. Yeah. There's all kinds of things. You may think you know a lot, but you come to a museum like this and realize how insufficient maybe you really are in your knowledge. Yeah. And everybody have an absolutely wonder-filled day. All the road and go. Where am I to go? Meet Johnny. Where am I to go? For I'm a young and a sailor lad, and where am I to go? That's out along the topsail yard, that's where you're bound to go, Johnny. Way, hey, hey, all the rolling go. It's out along the topsail yard, take the topsail. For I'm a young and a sailor lad, and where am I to go? Oh, where am I to go? Johnny, where am I to go? Johnny, way, hey, hey. All the rolling go, where am I to go? Me, Johnny, where am I to go? For I'm a young and a sailor lad, and where am I to go? Fits out along the royal yard, that's where you're bound to go. Johnny, way, hey, hey. All the rolling go. Yeah.